we talk about this a lot, actually. The first show that we did, there was this uh, white, cis, straight guy who came up to us and was like, oh my God, like, and he was like, crying. He's like, I see myself in your work. And we're just like, great, but also like, really? <laughs> but I think it goes back to the universality that we, we were talking about earlier mm -hmm. of our work. And I think it's because when you tell your story, like, because we are all connected as humans, mm -hmm. other people really like feel that. And then it opens something up in them to, to see themselves. Hello, hello, and welcome back to so What's Up? What's up? How's it going, Sav? I'm uh, good, Matt. How are you? You just had a birthday. I just had a birthday. I am now 26. I'm officially solidly in my mid to late 20s, which is crazy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm so glad that I recently became unemployed right before I lost the ability to go onto my parents' insurance, which is Oh, fun. great timing. Solid. <laughs> yes. So 2020, solid year. We are thriving. <laughs> we are growing. Um, any updates on your end? Nope. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We're still in the one long month that is 2020. Yeah. Yep. Um, but something that is bringing me joy during this crazy time uh, are our love stories that we've been doing. I feel like each episode we meet lovely people who are bringing us a little bit of joy. Um, and today we're very excited to bring on Mia and Ness, Woo! who we met through the Insta DMs. I slid in and <laughs> they did not leave me on read, which is always appreciated. <laughs> And uh, I think let's intro them. Let's get right into it. Yeah. So uh, without further ado, welcome Mia and Ness. Hey. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Good, We're good. Thank you for having yeah. us. We're really excited. Thanks for coming on. So remind us, you are in upstate New York, correct? Yes, Rosendale, New York to be exact. We're in, an hour south of Albany and two hours um, north from yep. the city. I've done a little bit of Insta stalking and it looks magical. Is it true that you saw a family of wild turkeys the other day, just like out and about? <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. Yes, we were coming home from grocery shopping and we were literally about like two seconds away from our house and there was just a giant like family of turkeys and there was the mom and the dad and about like five or about maybe five, five like, to little seven. Ones. Yeah, yeah. Like, little ones just like running after them. Oh, there was like sure. one straggler too that was. Yes running behind it was super adorable that's when you know you're not in the city anymore when yeah. <laughs> you're excited to see birds that are not pigeons <laughs> right so tell us a little bit about yourselves your age your background anything you want to share and uh yeah well i'm nia i am a 27 year old pisces that's very important. Yes, very important. <laughs> <laughs> Is that and your sun sign or your rising sign? My sun sign. Okay, yes. Okay. My rising, I believe, is Aries. Is that correct, Ness? I think so. I think it's either Aries or Taurus. I have to look at your chart. I keep forget. I keep <laughs> swapping them back and forth. Yeah, I want to say my rising is Aries. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to introduce yourself? Today? Yeah, I'm Ness. I'm a 32 year old Leo. I turned 33 on Saturday. Um, July 25th. Yeah. Happy early birthday. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Leo is my sun and my moon. Um, okay. My rising Ooh. is a Sagittarius. So Ooh. all fire. Yes, I <laughs> see. Yeah. Um, I was born in California, Fountain Valley, Orange County. Uh, moved around a lot. And yeah, 
I guess I shouldn't say where I was born. I was born <laughs> in Manhattan, um, oh, really? but I was raised in North Jersey. I was like one of those weird Jersey kids that had basically their entire life in the city, but I right. lived in New Jersey. So it was like when people asked me where I was from, I was like, I don't, I mean, <laughs> technically New Jersey, but I know more about the city than I do right. Jersey and all my family's in the city. So I can never fully answer that question. Yeah. Like a true New Yorker. Yeah. Yes. Or, yeah. It counts. <laughs> you both have been together how many years now? Seven, Seven years and, and three months. months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> please yeah. please note how in sync that was. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even miss a beat. <laughs> um, so we would love to just dive right on into your love story, how you both met and give us the full, the full tea. Yeah, so I met Ness when I was 20 years old. I was a student at Temple University going for my BFA. And from about high school up until my freshman year of college, I identified as bisexual. Um, only a close group of my friends knew that. My family didn't know. I kind of kept that on the low low. Cause I was like, mm, I probably will end up with a man anyway. So what's the point of coming out and going through all that stress if I'm gonna just end up with a dude? Got to my sophomore year of college and I was like, nope, I'm a dyke. <laughs> That's that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I really want to meet more lesbians. So in the dance department at Temple, there were basically only straight women and gay men. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm also extremely busy. Being a dance major, I would be in classes from 8 a.m. and end up getting out of rehearsal at 9, sometimes 10 p.m. at night. Then I had homework to do. It was a lot so I was like okay I'll turn to the internet so I um went on a line and I was scrolling through profiles on plenty of fish mm -hmm. and I came across this cutie Ness. <laughs> and I was like oh my gosh she's so cute but she's six years older than me she's probably not gonna respond but I'm just gonna go for it because the worst thing that can happen is she doesn't respond so I sent her a message and it wasn't just like a hi, hello. It was like, oh, you know, hi, I tend temple too. You know, I'm Nia, blah, blah, blah. So then I guess you can, you can hop in. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I'm on Plenty of Fish and I, you know, I think we each have been talking to like, you know, a few other people. Yeah. And I get this message and it's like a paragraph long and like, I could hear you. Okay. But a good paragraph. Like other people didn't have paragraphs. It was like sentences, you know, like yeah. little, like, how are you? good <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> chilling like, you know like, so like it was a nice paragraph and I could hear your voice like you sounded like excited and just like full of life um so I was like oh you know I'm gonna go to bed so here's my number you can Very text it um <laughs> and we started texting that night oh I also looked at like your pictures and stuff and like you look so pretty like Aww. so beautiful Aww. like a goddess also really cool and I was just like oh I wonder if she's even gonna really like me because like <laughs> she seems so much cooler than me um I feel like I might have known you were 20 but I guess I forgot <laughs> um but yeah so then you texted me and we were texting mm -hmm. that night into the next day so I think it was like a Wednesday night yeah. into Thursday morning like really early mm -hmm. we were texting all day Thursday and then she tells me about this dance okay um, eight. because <laughs> this took almost seven years for Nessa to admit that she invited herself to this show. 
for the longest time, she was like, oh, you invited me. And I was like, there's no way I would have done that. because I didn't want Ness to come to this show because I, when she first saw me for the first time, I wanted to be, you know, dressed up and looking cute and all mm-hmm. these things. And in this show, I was dancing to have a metal music and wearing white face paint. And I was like, this is not the first impression I want to give somebody that I have a crush on. <laughs> so Ness asked me, what are you doing this weekend? And I didn't want to lie. I said, I have this show. I did not say, do you want to come to this show? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just to make that clear. We're getting yeah, the facts so. straight here. On exactly. Right now. So, <laughs> you know, Damn. seven years, I interpreted it as <laughs> if she didn't want me to come to the show, she wouldn't have told me about the Right, show. sure. So sure. I asked, I was like, oh, yeah, can I come? I think, right? Did I ask if I could come to the show? No. Oh, I just said I'm coming to the show? <laughs> no, I mean, you didn't say we that. Save these Damn, I, yeah, I wish we had, like, tangible evidence right. of this. But I think it was something I was telling you about, they were like, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. I'd like to come, right. something like that. I did and not invite you. She could have been like, nah. And you were like, Would yeah. that have been rude? <laughs> so, yeah. How, I mean, many, how many days have you been talking at this point before this all went down? Let's see. We nah, started talking like not even a full day. Oh my god! Yeah, oh, wow. probably because yeah, it was, I think it was like Thursday night or yeah. afternoon. Yeah, it, yeah, we yeah. we moved really quick. We did. Yeah, yeah, we're true true, true lesbians, lesbians, stereotypical, yeah. <laughs> and we also have two cats, so it's yep. just like you know we get full right circle into that mold. Yeah. We basically moved in on the first day too. Yeah. So then, like I said, Ness invited her to the show to the show by yeah. herself and. Ness showed up an hour early as we were all like warming up in the theater. And one of the other dancers like taps me on my shoulder and like, he's like, is that her? And I turned and I looked, I saw Ness and I was so nervous that I just, (gasps) and turned away. (laughs) (laughs) And Ness, were you the only one in the theater at this point? Yeah, you know, I was the only (laughs) person that wasn't supposed to be there. And I didn't realize this because I just walked in and no one said anything. And yeah, I see Nia and she looks at me and looks away abruptly. I'm like, oh my God, she doesn't like me. Okay, this is awkward. You know, I have these flowers. I'm, I want to be the show. She brought flowers. It was super cute. Yeah. Take note. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to go sit down because I was like, I'm just going to stay anyway, you know, just. You're better than me. Yeah. Honestly, if that was me, I probably would have (laughs) left. So I'm grateful that that's the person that should be. It, yeah, I sat down. The choreographer came up and he's like, "Hey, you know, you can't really be in here right now." I was like, "Oh, okay." So I just went outside. Um, yeah, and then it came time for us to finally go in, and I walked in and I was looking for um, a place to sit, and I just walked in. I think it was like the second row up or the third row up. Yeah. I can't remember exactly, but I walked in kind of like I didn't go toward them, like into the middle, but I like kind of went toward that way, and something was like, mm, "You should sit right here." like okay so I just sat right in this spot that was off to the side a little bit off to the right um so then like the show starts the mm-hmm. lights go black we get into our places the lights come on and who do I see mm-hmm. next <laughs> that's it like right in my direct <laughs> viewpoint and I was oh like my oh my goodness of course you'd be sitting right here <laughs> anybody else who shows up early would be sitting directly in the middle you would the right. spot to sit in of right. course, no. She was not sitting there. I'm already <laughs> nervous enough for this show. I thought it was a good idea for her to come to the show the first night. But also, I wasn't out yet. And my parents were coming to the show the next day. 
I was like, uh, oh, you can only come on, <laughs> you can only come on Friday because uh, I am not out yet. Um, so there's also that. So all these nerves, I see her and I'm like, oh my goodness. And she looks so scared, like her face. For a, sec- <laughs> for a second, I'm a professional, <laughs> only for a second, okay. <laughs> so then we performed, the show went really great. I like went in the back and like scrubbed my face so intensely for like two minutes real quick. I didn't want her to leave, but I also was like, I don't want to come out there with my face looking ashy. So (laughs) I um, came out and I saw Ines and we started talking and she was explaining to me about what she got from the piece. And like, usually when I invite friends or family to a show, they'll say, oh, Nia, you did great and leave it at that. Ness went to this like really beautiful deep explanation of the piece and what she got from it and how she connected to it and I was like OMG she's a keeper <laughs> <laughs> so then she asked me you know how are you getting home and I was like I you know I took the train here I'll take the train back home and she was like oh you know I can give you a ride and I was like um because in my head, I was like, she could be a serial killer. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> Running <laughs> flowers. Yeah. I mean, I mean you never, I've been watching a lot no, of cold case shows recently. Wow. We've been watching a lot of cold case <laughs> on Netflix. And I'm glad I wasn't watching that back then. There's no way I would have gotten a car with you. <laughs> but um, after contemplating, I was like, okay. Even though, like I said, if a friend told me she did this, I would have been like, girl, no, <laughs> don't get in that car. But I did. I'm so glad I did. Because um, she gave me a ride home to my dorm. And we sat outside in the parking lot for about 30 minutes talking about everything. Talking about family, talking about trauma, talking about exes. All the things that you shouldn't talk about on the first date, we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> so after sitting down in the car in front of my dorm for like 30 minutes, I was like, okay, you know, since we're, the conversation's still going. So like, let's go up to my dorm and talk more, but you're not allowed in my bedroom. Cause I was not planning on having anybody come up to my room that night. So we're like, okay. So we came in, sat in like my little kitchen area. The dorm room was a suite style. So we had a living room, a kitchen, and then two separate bedrooms with each their own private bathrooms. So we sat in like the common area and had some coffee and then Ness needed to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So my bathroom was like in my room. So <laughs> I also had a really bad Nutella addiction back in college. <laughs> so Nutella? <laughs> Nutella, yes. I was slightly obsessed and um, I wanted to see how many jars I would eat by the end of the year. So of I course. kept them all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 31. <laughs> 31. 31. 31. Next walked in yep. to see my Nutella jar yep. shrine. In a pyramid. Yep. <laughs> all shapes. The big jars. Yes. The mini ones. <laughs> yeah. Like all different kinds of shapes and sizes of Nutella jars. I had them. I would have hit them if I hadn't known coming into my room. I definitely would have. That's not something you want someone to see. And that's what was your day. impression of the Nutella Collection. Like, oh wow, you you like Nutella a lot. <laughs> Don't you? Like, all right, yeah, I love Nutella too. All right, good. Yeah, getting it all out on the table, night yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, that's an image I'll never forget. I think um, two days ago, I bought you Nutella as well. Or not two days ago, but two days after that, I bought you Nutella. It, it was a big, big jar, jar, too. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm never letting her go. Like, she, I'm definitely in love. But I was like, you got me the big jar? You're here for the long haul. Forget the flowers. This is the way yeah. to my heart. This is my love language. So during that time in our in my room, which I accidentally said our room because it became our room, like after that night, honestly. But um, I used to write a lot of poetry, and that came up in our conversation. And Ness read one of my poems, and I danced to it, and we had this like instant connection. That moment, we had no idea that day would lead to us doing what we do now. But it was such a huge moment for our relationship, honestly. That that first night. And um, after that, things got like really like hot and like we didn't fully understand what just happened. It was this really intense connection. We were like, okay, I don't really know what's going on. So we like sat down, we continued talking and Ness like got quiet and kind of looked like awkward. she had something. <laughs> she <laughs> I look awkward. But I could tell like the wheels were turning in her head. So I asked her, you know, like, oh, what are you thinking? And she said, well, I'm thinking I want to kiss you. So I was like, Aww. well, I think you should. And then we kissed, and it was, it was magical. And then my sweet mate busted up in our our dorm room, drunk as I don't know what. Oh. And she's like, "Mia!" And I was like, "Okay, that's that's my sweet mate." Um, <laughs> and she was like, "Let's take shots." And I was like, "Actually, it's actually a really great idea. They're both really nervous right now." So we, <laughs> we took a shot with her, and then we went back into my room, and then Ness never never left. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was an instant connection for both of you. Both of you yeah. right away. Yeah, yeah, I knew. I knew I was in love with her that first night. Yeah, I didn't want to say that out loud because you know, of the cliche of like you know, be being young, and you know, oh, how could you know that soon? That whole thing. You know, there's supposed to be like a certain time frame, but I just, I just knew. Um. But I also didn't want to scare Ness off. So I didn't want to tell you that the first night. Like, oh my God, I'm in love with you. Like, that might sound crazy. But I feel like knowing you now, I know if I told you that, you wouldn't have ran away. No, I wouldn't have. Because honestly, I felt it as well. And I was oh. kind of dealing with the same thing. I didn't want to say it right away because I just got out of a relationship mm -hmm. um, that I'd had for like two years. And it's like, oh no, that sounds crazy. Like, you're yeah. a serial monogamous. That's what I've heard mm. people say. But no, like when I saw you dance, like I knew. I was like, <laughs> I was just in a trance like watching you dance and then when you came out um after the show in your like long flowy skirt and you looked so cute I was like wow what a drastic change but like that's amazing <laughs> yeah I still have that skirt yeah. yeah 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 and Ness had you had any background in in the arts like prior to this um nothing like formally I did a couple of um like open mics for poetry yeah. Um, and then I rapped with my friend until so we had like recorded. And then I think we entered like some um, <laughs> like music contest or competition um, in college once. I didn't know um, that. Yeah, it was, I forgot what they called it. Something like Battle of the Bands, but not really. Oh, yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. And so we had like entered that contest. And that was fun. That was a lot of fun, actually. Um, I what place did you? I don't, it wasn't place. It was like there was a winner and then there were 
and then everybody else participated. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was that was obviously we won. But it was a lot of fun to do. That's also, cool. when I was like seven, I was um, in the church like play, and I was a clown. It was like for Christmas. Anyway, I'm not going to go what's into funny? all that. Yeah, in preschool for our preschool graduation, no. we had the theme of our graduation was a circus, and I oh. was like the popcorn girl and i was like popcorn anyone want popcorn and that's great that you were a clown but you probably didn't like almost trip you trip over the microphone and almost fall over i looked really cute i bet you did yeah i was really (laughs) no i doubt it (laughs) yeah it was funny so yeah just like that but not nothing like formal no okay so for you to form that artistic bond so quickly um i mean i think that's just remarkable and so special. Thank you. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I guess let's get into that. So, spoiler, you both performed together as yeah. the official name Nia and Nez, which yeah. again, love the alliteration, so perfect. Um, so tell us about that process. How did you go from, you know, falling in love very quickly to then deciding you wanted to perform together and kind of create this brand together? Well, first I want to shout out the name Nia and Ness because I have to give this to Ness because for the longest time, I didn't want our name to be Nia and Ness. Sorry, what was that? All right. <laughs> I said it once. I know Leo season is coming, but you need, we're still Listen, in cancer, still season. cancer season. Yes, exactly. my people. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I am so much about, we both are, but like, I, I love the idea of just the message speaking for itself. And I'm so much like, I don't want, any of that like I just want the message out there but we could not come up with a name like it was just it was a hot mess the process was just not working out and it took like, like what two months yeah it and took then I realized months. I'm like actually in the end that sounds really good so we should just <laughs> go with that Even the whole time this is like we should just be Nia and Ness. Like mm-hmm. it works. It sounds great. And I was like, no, 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 no. We're gonna come up with a really creative great name. That never happened. Um <laughs> It was supposed to be Nia and Ness. I will, you know, I wanted to give you your 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 props. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I feel like not to be like, oh my God, we're the message, but like honestly, our love really is and we Absolutely. embody that. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it works. Yeah, it took me some time to like realize that. Honestly, with our journey of creating work, realizing how universal our work is. So the first time we performed together, Ness is taking a class on Audrey Lord. Um, going for her master's at Temple. For her final project, she wrote a poem. She was like, I would love for you to dance to it for my class project. And I was like, of course, even though I was terrified. Um, Cause I've never performed in a setting like that mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I also like wanted to do well by Ness and I didn't want to like, I was just super nervous. <laughs> and we did it and it was received so well. And it felt amazing to do, to connect with Ness in that way. It was remarkable. So then, on our one year anniversary, there was a student dance concert at Temple and we wanted to create a piece together about our relationship, the good, the bad, that that first year, mm-hmm. all the intensity of that we wanted to put in that piece. Um, also too, if we were to get into that show, we would have been the first lesbian couple to perform on that stage at Temple. Mm, so it was wow. like, lots of pressure yeah <laughs> and we weren't we wasn't sure how it was going to be received by people um but we we auditioned that piece we got in so that was super exciting 
And like I said, it fell on our one year anniversary. So that was the perfect way to celebrate mm-hmm. our anniversary. Yeah. And we did the piece and my professor afterwards, um, my modern dance professor, she was like talking to us about how universal our work was. And we were like, huh, that's so strange. Like we're telling our personal story. Like it's very, all of our work from the beginning has been very much like our personal experiences that we're putting out there as a black lesbian couple. And we never really thought about the fact that our story as a black lesbian couple could be universal. And we were like, wow, okay. And we kind of like held that in our back pocket. And then a year after that, I was a senior and I created a piece on racism in Philadelphia, gentrification, things of that sort. Cause I noticed, I didn't know what gentrification was until I went to Temple. Mm. Growing up in Teaneck, New Jersey, that wasn't really a thing. It was a town, you know, like we just had houses and it was just like, I got there and I was like, you know, why are the locals so angry? Why do the locals mm. hate us? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, Temple's expanding over there and over there. And that used to be housing for people who live in North Philly. And now they're making it student housing. And yeah. they're trying to preface it as like, oh, we're giving people jobs working in the food court. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not helping a community. Right. So and I noticed that honestly, a lot of rich white kids would come to Temple. They would have their parties, destroy property. Mm-hmm and then go back to their homes and just leave it destroyed. Right. So I wanted to do something to give back to this community that gave so much to me. I came out in Philadelphia. I met the love of my life in Philadelphia. I found myself as an artist in Philadelphia. There were so many things that I got from that city that I wanted to give mm-hmm. back. And that's why I wanted to dedicate that piece to Philadelphia. So I had Ness open the piece with a rap. And then in the middle of the piece, we did a duet, but we did text and movement. Mm-hmm. And that was really amazing to have my partner be part of my senior thesis. And because you are, you're a big part of, you know, who I am today as an artist. Like you've always supported me as an artist and she would come to like all of our dance rehearsals. Like she <laughs> literally got put into like a couple of pieces yeah. because she was at so many yeah. rehearsals. <laughs> and at first it would be like, oh, just stand here, Ness, because so-and-so is missing. Stand right, here, right, right. so-and-so is missing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, just, just try out this move right. and just try out that move. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> she was in more pieces than some dance majors. Honestly, oh, people were like, you are an honorary dance major. Wow. That's incredible. It was, was awesome. Fun. It was fun. They should yeah. give you an honor. So honorary yeah. degree I, I mean <laughs> really though it was amazing it was that was a really awesome part of my college experience to being able to like have you be like dancing in pieces too like it was right. just it was awesome it was fun for me too because it got me into my body yeah and mm. that, it's nice to be able to move mm. with you too like Aww. I love you <laughs> really you are a teacher like you teach me every single day how to love myself more and how to just be myself more so I think you're an amazing teacher I just wanted to say that (laughs) you're welcome I love you and then also something about Audrey Lord um because you mentioned her earlier the class that I was taking um so the importance of Audrey Lord um she was a black lesbian poet um she defined herself in a lot of other ways as well but one of the things that stuck out to me the most about her was that she really talked about the importance of defining yourself so that no one else would Mm -hmm. um and that really does go into a lot of our work and i think that had i not taken that class obviously honestly i don't think i would have even met you because i wouldn't be at a place where i could really tap into myself Mm -hmm. 
even put myself out there to go on a dating site and meet, you know, I wouldn't have done that. So yeah. So and honestly to too, yes. <laughs> like I don't, I didn't know about Audrey Lord until I met you and you taught me about her. And like with that, like I learned the importance, yeah, of finding yourself and calling, calling myself a black lesbian mm-hmm. and how important that is to consistently say those words, yeah. black yeah. lesbian, right. and yeah. define myself that way. And um, I, almost every yeah. piece we have, we say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm black lesbian every piece we say yeah that. literally yeah. every piece we have so, we say black lesbian in it at least right. once because we don't hear people saying it yeah you know people are just getting comfortable with saying the word black mm. um like i would when we worked back in brooklyn um we worked as after school teachers mm-hmm. and when kids would talk like i had this one student and she was like miss nia your chocolate ice cream and I'm vanilla ice cream. And I was like, yes, like absolutely. <laughs> like we would talk, I, I, and the other teachers like would cringe a little yeah. bit because they, we were the only black teachers that worked there. Yeah. So yeah, we worked at the same place. Yes, we worked at the same place. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the teachers would be so uncomfortable talking about race. And I was like, no, we, they, they, that's fine. Like, yes, I look different than you, but it doesn't mean that we can't talk about that. We should be talking right. about race with kids that are two and three. And they notice it. They're right. gonna notice that I look very different right. than the rest of the women that teach here. Ness looks very different than the rest of the women that teach here. So let's talk about that. You know, they all knew that we were we were a couple, mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. were two women, that we were black. Mm-hmm. Like we you know, always talk about these things because they were gonna come up anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, we went on a whole other tangent though no, I love the- it yes. <laughs> so here for it well as I was going to say I, I feel like that transitions nicely for us to talk about awesome. the current social justice movement and obviously we've seen a lot of traction in the past few months but yes. as black women and specifically a lesbian couple what are your thoughts on everything that's happening do you feel like society is quote unquote finally getting woke or do you feel like this is just a fa- like do you think there's going to be lasting change from this? And specifically, are we as society showing up for Black women in the way that we need to be? Personally, I feel like just from seeing the drastic change back to somewhat quote-unquote normalcy on social media, it does feel like it's just a phase. Like, Mm. I'm, you know, we're not, it was like for a good week, we were seeing, you know, Black Lives Matter and these petitions and numbers to call and, you know, protests and whatnot. And now it's rare if I'll see a non-Black person posting about things. I'm still seeing Black people post Mm -hmm. about these things and fighting the good fight and things of that sort, but I'm not seeing it from non-Black people Mm -hmm. as much anymore. I might see little like spurts here and there and yeah i wonder if also too that's because the news hasn't really been covering it as much because from what i've read in certain news outlets that are still kind of covering Mm -hmm. it um the momentum in the streets hasn't stopped um it's just that the mainstream news media isn't really covering it isn't giving them a lot of what is the word i'm looking for (laughs) Um, it's just, it's not getting a lot of coverage because some of the writing has stopped. Some of the looting has stopped. Right. And those things yeah. tend to really like draw mm. attention. Right. So people, social media kind of in some ways, I think reflects the media. And because the media isn't covering it, social media is kind of like stuck. Because mm. the people that are in their homes aren't seeing, you know, the news. So they're not going to, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that, yeah, I wonder if that has something to do with it. Because, yeah, 
because the people on the ground are still out there protesting. But I'm also talking about clothing brands. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, you know, on social yeah, media, yeah, like yeah. they were sending out a lot of email mm-hmm. links, whatnot. Now they're going back to promoting their own brands, mm-hmm. going back to using white models. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go on many social media pages that all of a sudden now, like free people, all these other kind of like bohemian brands and mm-hmm. things of that sort that primarily used white models for about a few days had, you know, or in their ads, they'll use black models. Mm-hmm. But then if you go on their page, mm-hmm. out of 50, 100 posts, you might see one or two black models. Mm-hmm. And then also too, it feels very, because the booming of black businesses has been happening, which has been super incredible and wonderful to see, I feel like some brands are using black models to, and it feels in a way to manipulate the eye. Because if you mm-hmm. see a black woman wearing something, you're like, oh, snap. Yeah. Probably is a black owned business because we were, I, I would go on Instagram many a times. Um, and I used to shop at Free People in Urban Outfitters and Dolls Kill, F all those brands. Um, and with me following those brands prior to, my ads would reflect that. Right. So all I was seeing were white women wearing, wearing these super kind of clothing. Now all of a sudden, I'm seeing black women wearing them. And I'm thinking at first, I'm like, oh, what's supposed to be a black owned brand? But if you don't do your research, you won't know. Yeah. I've been I've been seeing some brands too, just like or just like having like a slew of for the past two weeks, black models. But one, how much are these models getting paid? Mm-hmm. You know, are they getting paid? Are they getting paid? Yeah. Or is it just, you know, free clothing? Right. You know. And even brands who say, okay, they're giving a portion of their proceeds to Black Lives Matter or something of that sort. Portion. Also, too, like, who who's getting the rest of that money? Mm. Right. Like, you know, what are what do, what do your employees look like? Yes. Right. You know, yeah. so that has been because I was feeling really touched at first seeing certain brands that I would never think to speak out, seeking out. And I also do understand the fact that we all need to make money. I understand that we need money to survive. I'm not not saying don't make money if you're not black. Right. Like I get that. Like we have bills, we have rent, we need to eat. Right. Definitely get your coin. <laughs> but at the same time, still talk, still talk about this stuff. Still keep yeah. promoting this stuff. Still don't make it seem like okay, this was a a. a, a a moment. A fashionable thing to, yeah, a moment. Mm-hmm. Or a fashionable thing to post on Instagram to get, you know, a bunch of likes on something right. for one day to get the traction of followers. Mm-hmm. And then now you're not saying anything. I almost wonder in the age of cancel culture, because I feel like I see this a lot uh, every Pride Month as well. Whenever June rolls around, a lot of businesses and big corporations have gotten behind it, like Uber immediately comes to mm-hmm. mind, Target, things like that. And I almost think it's to cover their butts in cancel yeah. culture so that people can't accuse them of not being with it or being with the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I almost feel like corporations like cash in on these movements. Yeah, that's what absolutely. Like. Definitely. It was really interesting to see certain brands post for pride, but not black lives. Mm-hmm. And that was really hurtful as being black lesbians. Like there's, yeah. like there's, there's no separation. I'm not just black. I'm not just a lesbian. I'm both. So mm-hmm. you can't, post about pride and celebrate pride but not talk about my black lives because you're still you're not fighting for me yeah right because then what you're saying is that white queer lives matter Mm. but black queer lives don't that's what that's what it feels like to me when I see things like that 
And it also is frustrating too that like when certain brands only post after getting hella comments mm-hmm. or emails like saying like you didn't speak out. Oh now okay now you're gonna do it because you're afraid of losing customers. Right. You should have yeah. been doing it from the jump. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about uh, that intersectionality between being both black and being lesbian um, mm-hmm. during during this moment and maybe in in your past as well. Like maybe how how those two aspects of your life maybe play out maybe differently in different scenarios or I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll try to jump in and maybe help you out. Um, So I, where I grew up um, was in Fountain Valley, California, as I said, and I didn't grow up around a lot of Black people. So I always had this like feeling that I wasn't Black enough. Um, You know, some of the uh, kids of color that weren't Black would make statements like, oh, I'm Blacker than you and stuff. (laughs) So going into college and everything, I started to try and tap into my Blackness more. And I felt like I was finally doing that. And then all of a sudden I come out and it feels like I have to kind of hide the fact that I'm a lesbian because in the black community, um, the larger black community, being a lesbian is not okay. Um, So it just very much feels like I have to choose one. I cannot actually have both. And if I do, that means that I just have to like separate from either community. Um, or for both communities. And, and what age did you come out, Naz? I came out uh, when I was 19, even though people like, well, okay. So I came out to my mom when I was like seven, maybe, or eight. Oh, wow. And I was wow. like, oh, you know, I like girls. And she's like, oh no, that's a stage, it's a phase, you know, you're gay, you're gonna go to hell. So I came out, I tried coming out to her like three times when I was a kid. Um, I think I stopped at like age 11, 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like, was like, all right, I'm just gonna give up. So I ended up going to school um, in Plattsburgh, New York. And college. I, yeah, going to college in Plattsburgh, New York. And I came out to my sister <laughs> in the car um, when I went to go visit her in California. And um, she was like, oh yeah, I knew. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, I guess she knew um, when I was like, 15. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if you had anything to add to the yeah i feel like something similar to you i feel like in each community i feel like people want us to choose one like in the queer community it feels like okay you have to just be queer and that's it we don't really want to hear about race um because we're just trying to have a good time at this party or something like or this show or whatnot Mm -hmm. and then the black community it's like especially with me being more feminine presenting it's and my, my partner being more masculine presenting i get the question of you know well, why aren't you this with the man? Mm. Um, you know, I even had like people close to me ask me these questions. And I'm like, um, I do not feel that kind of attraction towards cis men. I just, right. that's just not, not in the cards for me. Um, and also too, I, I've dated women that look a vast different ways. It's not just because this is masculine that is something I do love about you. I love I love that about you and I'm I feel blessed to experience it every day. But that's not the main reason of why I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Um I just feel like the question is so stupid. It's one of the reasons why too I feel the need that I have to say the word lesbian. Yeah. Because if I don't identify if I say queer, then it's also like, oh, 
because that word has, has been used as an umbrella term, people can think, oh, I must mean that she would date this man. But even though I'm like, one, I'm in a relationship, there's that. <laughs> so even if I was monogamous, monogamous relationship, so whether I was bisexual, pansexual, X, Y, and Z, that wouldn't matter. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and yeah. two, I'm not attracted to cis men. That's just not, yeah. right. <laughs> not a thing. Um, so yeah, definitely feeling like that choosing. I'm grateful for certain communities and spaces that are Black and queer and trans, yeah. right. because then I feel like I'm finally seen. Yeah. Right. Um, our good, good friend, Jewel the Gem, her name is on Facebook. She creates these events and different parties that are for Black, queer, and trans people. And it's where I feel the most seen mm. and most understood and like things that you just don't have to explain mm. and like seeing that like we're not alone going through yeah. these things and these struggles. Right. That's something I just wanted to say. I love that so much about your art and your mission, as you were saying before, where you make it such a point to come out and say, we're Black, lesbian, our art is about our Black lesbian love, because you're refusing to separate those two parts of your identity. Yeah. And yeah, I I hope I get to see you perform someday, because I've seen some of your videos, and it's just beautiful. But I I hope someday in person, I can be there, because it's, it really is powerful. We would love that. We hope too. (laughs) (laughs) And to go off of that through your work, I'm sure others have come to you and probably found some of themselves in your work or felt that they, you know, they too had a space to really feel seen and feel heard and celebrated. Yeah, definitely. Definitely uh, Black queer folk, but also people who aren't Black and queer. Um, We talk about this a lot, actually. The first show that we did, there was this a uh, white cis straight guy who came up to us and was like, oh my God, like, and he was like, crying. He's like, I see myself in your work. And we're just like, great, but also like, really? <laughs> but I think it goes back to the universality that we, we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. of our work. And I think it's because when you tell your story, like, because we are all connected as humans, mm-hmm. other people really like feel that. And then it opens something up in them to, to see themselves. Um, yeah, and that's definitely, it's something that we want people to take away from Absolutely. our work every single time. So you're both very creative, obviously, <laughs> uh, and performers. So what are you doing during this time, during quarantine? How are you staying motivated to continue to create and express yourselves um, while you can't maybe physically perform in front of audiences like you're used to? One, resting. Yeah. Where... <laughs> starting to actually prioritize that Mm -hmm. I feel like as black women in particular black women are constantly told not to rest and you have to just keep going keep going keep going keep going keep going until you can't anymore and then you still have to keep going um and I've I've seen and experienced in particular black women pass before they before they should because they've been running running themselves into the ground Mm -hmm. um because that the world asks that of us so working on prioritizing our our rest so that we can continue doing this until we are in our 80s and 90s and not feeling guilty for that that's something that we're really working on right now not feeling guilty for resting because then it's kind of counteractive because we're using that energy that we just cultivated from resting to not beat ourselves up about resting (laughs) so that's something that we're definitely working on right now um We're working on our next piece is going to be about our love in particular. Mm -hmm. So we're doing little experiments here and there with that. 
I started pole dancing in uh, January. So we want to incorporate that into the piece. So I've been pole dancing and working on that because once again, as black women, we are sexualized at a very young age. And then when we get older and we want to embrace that, we're also shunned for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been shunned a lot for not wearing a bra for, you know, things of that sort. And it's funny because I've seen white women get praised for the same thing that I'm doing and other black women are doing and we get shunned for it or told that we're acting this way or that way Mm -hmm. or getting blamed for receiving sexual harassment um, or experiencing sexual harassment. I won't say receiving, experiencing sexual harassment just because cishet men can't exactly um so i'm definitely i want to incorporate more of that um in our work because another big part of our work is the visibility of Mm. a dark skin curvy black woman and the visibility of a black masculine woman as well like we don't see people like us on stage so just Mm. our bodies on stage doing what we do speaking our truth we're realizing we've have we have realized over the years of doing our work how radical that is and how important it is and we're learning how to love ourselves more so that we can help our community love love themselves yeah and with that like personally i've been doing a lot of writing he has found like three different writing classes for me to take and that has been amazing so like three times a week i'm doing a lot of reflecting with my writing and started writing every day um which is something i wasn't doing very much um but also i think this time has really been helpful for our conversation because we haven't really had time to just talk and talk about everything and get everything on the table. And that's where our work comes from. It starts with a conversation. So even if we're not consciously like, consciously creating like specific pieces for the next work, the work of like building that foundation Mm -hmm. of our love, adding to the foundation of our love um, is going to go into. Mm -hmm. And we're also rebranding. So we are, (laughs) yeah, we are, going to be touching more on the spirituality aspect of our work mm-hmm. we're on that journey and we're doing a lot of research on that as well so we're really yeah. excited about that yeah we'll be looking forward well, I'm excited to, to see it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we do have a couple listener questions i want to pull them up i have a story time from a friend that wrote in that's pretty juicy that she wants <laughs> a hot take on so (laughs) I want to get it right so I'm just going to read what she sent me okay she goes my question is long here we go (laughs) I have been dating or seeing this guy we have been great friends but things happened and the kitten got fed lol (laughs) (laughs) all right I love her what a euphemism I know (laughs) anyways he said that he isn't ready to seriously date me because he doesn't think he's ready to treat me right but we are such great friends that I think he's getting way too comfortable telling me about a girl he's having a situation with. To be honest, he hasn't done thoughting around, but it seems like he likes our friendship, but wants to also have the intimate relationship we have going on or we already started. He makes efforts and gets scared. I was cool with the casual thing because the dick wasn't all that, but the fact that he felt too comfortable telling me about him sleeping with this other girl who happened to be someone his friends, his friend used to see is just too disrespectful. So what should I do? Should I just block him or have a talk with him first? 
Sorry, this was a long one. No, I don't be sorry. Yeah, never, never be sorry. For me, I am definitely more of a talker. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would say talk to him first, but like make sure like you go into the conversation knowing that this is the end. Like, don't let him sweet talk you out mm. of those pain. I would say like go in there, like say hey, this is what I need to say. If you want to listen to what he has to say, okay. If not, like this is it. You can, you can send it in a text even, honestly, yeah. if you wanted to do that. I've had friends send texts and then block right after. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm too, like, I don't know. I can't do that, but I definitely, I give kudos to people who can. I wish I, wish I could do it. So if yeah. you can do that, I would suggest that. What about you? I mean, I'm all for talking, like, mm -hmm. but yeah, being clear about what you want going mm -hmm. in. Also, though, like, I've heard, okay, so sometimes here and there, I'll just watch, like, random YouTube videos, and there was one that I watched, and it was, like, geared toward guys, and it was, like, saying that, hey, guys, you know, if you want a girl to to chase you or whatever, you do these things, and one of the things is, yeah, to talk about somebody else that you're with and get that girl jealous. Oh. Yeah, so if that's a tactic, then maybe just get him, wait till he comes to you. But then the dick wasn't that good. But is it <laughs> like, you know, because that's the thing, like, right. I don't right. know if y'all watched um, Too Hot to Handle. Right. Yes. But then, um, what's his name? Harry. Frank Harry. Yeah. Yes. So like, it's about boyfriend there's dick. Good dick. Mm -hmm. And there's boyfriend dick. You can settle for it, right? So like, <laughs> but like, I feel like if he was going to, if he's doing all this to you, like, he is not worth it. But we also don't opinion. know how she feels because she didn't say like, you know, she really cut him off girl. either cut way. Him off. So yeah. If, if there's, yeah i mean I definitely yeah like if there's feelings there it's worth a conversation and yeah. if you want to play a little bit of a game then you know i don't know call, call me crazy but i think any time a potential partner is talking to you about other people that they're either sleeping with or interested in that's an automatic no to me it's like what are we yes. doing here like that disrespect does not go away i'm just like exactly mm -mm. i just feel like I feel like sometimes women and femmes let these guys get away with too much. Mm. Like they need to start being punished for their actions. Like yeah. honestly, yeah. so he doesn't deserve any more of you. If he's getting it somewhere else, like bye. Yeah, yeah. So even the friendship just like cut it off because clearly that's like, not really a friend. Yeah, it's not yeah. really a friend. Honestly, if you're in that inconsiderate, you know, because mm. I I don't know if he ever had a conversation with her saying like, hey are we like can we talk about other partners with each other because mm. if like if he if they had a conversation like that then okay but if there was no conversation i think he should have asked first and said like yeah you know this is where i'm at yeah you know this is what i would like from our you know friendship relationship right. whatever that wasn't clearly stated it's like mm -hmm. he just wants it. yes he right. wants it all exactly mm. right too much yeah I'll, I think I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree with both of you. And I think I'm generalizing, at least in my recent experience, I think people are too comfortable with like casual situationships. And I mm -hmm. think, like we talked about this in another episode, I'm currently in a uh, exclusively talking situationship, <laughs> but like, isn't that just dating, right? Like, uh, <laughs> so that's frustrating too. And I can relate because it's like, if you don't, I guess, 
um, I forget who said it, maybe Eunice, if you don't explicitly like say, this is what I need, these are, you know, kind of my boundaries or like what I'm looking for, then people are just going to push you as much as they can, unless they're truly invested and also ready for a relationship. Cause that's the other part of it. Maybe mm-hmm. they haven't done the work on themselves first to open themselves up to receiving a relationship. And here you are in these situationships. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. I know you definitely were like really oh yeah so I should explain like yeah how we made our relationship official oh yeah oh we were dating um for about like three weeks a month um we were like always together always always my friends were like you know Nia (laughs) what's going on with you and Ness and I was like we didn't actually like define that Mm. so we're talking on the phone one night and I was like, hey, so, you know, my friends are like asking, like, what are we? And she was like, oh, you know, you're mine. And I was like, ah, no, excuse me. You did not ask me out. So yeah. we are not anything. Yeah. So you need to ask me out officially. <laughs> so but I did not think she was going to do it that night. <laughs> so I was hanging out with a friend at his place. And then I picked up nuts from the library so we could come back to my dorm and hang out and spend the night. So I go pick her up from the library and she's like, oh, I gotta go to my car real quick. And I was like, okay. So we get to her car and she pulls out a bouquet of flowers and she was like, Mia, will you be my girlfriend? And I was like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I like crying. I think I cried. I think you did. I you probably cry. cry. And how, how long into like <laughs> you seeing each other was this before this it was, was became official? About two and a half weeks, I want to say. Yeah. Because yeah, we met, I think it was like, March 27th and then um, April 12th is when we yeah. became official. Yeah. I also have to let you know that I gave up free chicken nuggets for this relationship because <laughs> there was a woman at Wendy's who had a crush on me and right <laughs> after we had our we got together we went to Wendy's I didn't know she was gonna be working there yeah. and we walked in and she saw us and she did not say anything to me I no longer got my free chicken nuggets she looked so. at you looked at me looked how long were you getting these nuggets for how long was this nugget situation <laughs> I mean, going on <laughs> like because we were together what the second semester at the temple yeah so like my first full semester I was just like, getting free nuggets it was awesome oh yeah um but yeah. I gave that up I'm looking for for now. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean we're vegan now free because I was buying them free. that's true <laughs> we're vegan now so I don't get any okay, chicken okay. nuggets at all but before it was great getting that's love that is true love to give up free yeah. nuggets <laughs> <laughs> okay so for our final segment We like to close every episode with something we call swipe support, where we'd like to ask you for your guidance to all of the swipers out there, all the lovers, all of those in maybe situationships or long-term relationships, just any advice that you have gained over your past seven years in in loving relationship. And then also we would like to give you a chance to shout out any charitable organizations that our listeners should check out. For me, the advice I would give is your vulnerability is power. There's so much power in vulnerability. And I feel like our relationship wouldn't be what it is today if we weren't honest with each other about our feelings, our experiences, our trauma. And yeah, I just feel like we've grown so much because of that. I know being vulnerable is scary and you might feel like you might be shunned or something like that. But then obviously if you can't be vulnerable with someone that you're dating, having a situationship with, 
a relationship with and they're not the person for you yeah, yeah and i think um kind of tying into that is communication mm -hmm. and just the importance of really communicating like listening sometimes removing yourself from um i don't want to say removing yourself from the listening but just like Sometimes when you're having a conversation with someone and you think you're listening, mm. you're really just thinking about what you want to say next. Mm. So really kind of like shutting that part of yourself off for a little bit and listening to what the other person has to say, really taking it in. And sometimes that also means walking away for a couple of minutes, um, 30 minutes, writing, you know, get doing some reflection and then coming back to the table to have a conversation. Um, but definitely communication is big. It's huge. It's Pretty much everything. <laughs> I want to add something else yeah. to that because you triggered something else in my mm -hmm. thoughts. Also, that relationships are work. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. like that I didn't fully understand, honestly. Um, even though our relationship is so beautiful and so natural and all these things, we still have to put in work. Mm -hmm. We still have to put in the work to communicate and take that energy to do that and to put it, our relationship at the forefront saying, okay, I'm gonna do this work because I love you and I want us to be together forever so like it's going to be work every day there's no days off and you have to I feel like having that at the forefront of your mind when you're going into a committed relationship with someone is really important to know that it's not going to be easy it's not going to be sunshine and roses all the time you're going to have to do work sometimes at one two in the morning have a conversation and stay up and talk and you know figure out historical trauma within your body. Cause a lot of times, like we realized that um, honestly, 98% of our arguments weren't even about the other person. It was our own personal trauma mm -hmm. and our own things that were triggered mm -hmm. that we didn't have the words for in that moment. So usually it's not even about the other person. It's about your personal self and the things that you're going through. And that's work, that's a yeah, lot right. of work to do. And to get to that point, exactly. That. And like you triggered something else in me. <laughs> Yeah, because like there really are like in a in a monogamous relationship with two people, two different people coming with all their quote unquote mm -hmm. baggage and all their stuff and like remembering that that other person isn't you. <laughs> you know, they have yeah. their own things going on. And also that that other person when you have disagreement isn't the enemy. Yeah. Like there was a um me, me, me. Me and my <laughs> she's a she's a grandpa. I call I, her grandpa. Yeah. It was a meme where um there were two two people and they were um I don't remember the exact like words that were used, but they were looking at each other and it was like they were seeing each other as the enemy and the picture underneath it yeah. had them side by side yes. looking at the problem. Right. Right. So basically the problem is not each other. The problem is this thing and you two coming together can solve the problem. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> I hope that all came through. Oh, yes. 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 Snaps to that wisdom. Yes. Snaps to the love. Yes. I'm here for it. Truly, truly couple goals, honestly. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, and are there any nonprofits, any charities that we can shout out today? Yes. Like I said earlier, our friend Will the Gem does so much work for the Black and queer community. She just Came up, became an official business, so Jewel the yep. Gems Productions. She has okay. an LLC now. You can follow her on social media at Jewel underscore the Gem. She does a lot of, she does healing circles every other Sundays for mm -hmm. Black people yep. um, for free. Mm -hmm. She also gives out scholarships to Black folks um, on her lives, her talk shows, her, and the healing circle as well. Um, 
so she does a lot to give back to the community. So pouring funds into her is pouring folks, mm-hmm. pour, pouring funds back into Black people, honestly. Yeah. Black healing in particular. We were just on the, um, the last Sunday's healing circle, and oh my God. It was, it was amazing. amazing. So I went to the first one they did, and then Ness came to this mm-hmm. one, so did my mom. Yeah. So that was really amazing to have them in the space as well. And it's also yeah. like breakout groups. They had groups for Black mess of sender people. We they had mm. groups for parents. They had uh, groups for youth. They had groups for you know movement and breath work. It, it was absolutely incredible. Yeah, never seen or experienced anything like it. So she's a Virgo, so she's incredibly organized. Yeah, everything <laughs> ran so perfect. Like she literally has five different Instagrams. She does at least four to five lives a week, mm-hmm. plus these healing circles, plus other events, and she has a full time job. Wow. Like, I, like, she's incredible. Like, and then still makes time for her friends. Like, I, I don't know how she does all this, but she does it, and she does it beautifully. So definitely shout out wow. to our we dear friend, Jewel. link all that information in the description for this episode, so you can check out Jewel. And where can the people find both of you and your work? You can find us on Instagram at Nia and Ness, N-I-A-A-N-D-N-E-S-S. We do the most most things on Instagram. Also, Facebook. We don't really use our Twitter, so don't yeah. even bother with that. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also going to start raising money to buy land. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a dream of ours, too. One of the reasons people ask us all the time, like, you know, why haven't y'all gotten married yet? Well, one of the reasons why is our dream is to get married on our own land. So, and then eventually start a residency program for black and brown oh, queer people yes. to be, have that on our land. Yeah. So we're going to start a fundraiser just for that. So if you follow us, you can keep updated. Yeah. Two gems, truly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot thank you two enough for being here with us and for sharing your stories, being open and honest. It's just, it means the world. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you for having us. This is, this this is so is great. Fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, this has been another episode of Swiped Out. Out. (laughs) Don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, Check us out on Insta at Swiped Out Pod. Or again, send us some fan mail if you want at Gmail, swipedoutpod at gmail.com. I don't know that it's happened yet, but you know, we keep the option open in case anybody (laughs) will send you some fan mail. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you both. Thank you, Nia. Thank you, Ness. Um, Sab, as always, a pleasure. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Cause, cause,